Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profile Previews, going the distance with Talking Giants. Today we got Golden Tate versus Julian Love, a little slot versus nickel action. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's just been it's been fun watching these guys back on the field. Finally, just insane to think that football is basically back. Yeah, we got so we got two really could be really important guys for this team. Um, and I'm pumped. I will start with Golden Tate. I am so huge on Golden Tate. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver on this team. Obviously, he's going to play in the slot. They're going to move Sterling Shepard on the outside. And I think when, you know, obviously Odell was traded and we signed a thir- you know a guy who's going to be 31 when the season starts. And there's a lot of backlash and being mad about it. And I get that. But the further we've gotten away from it and like looked at it realistically, Golden Tate is a really good wide receiver. Like, he's not at the elite tier, but he's in that second tier of wide receivers, and especially from the slot. Um, And, you know, he's, like I said, he's going to be 31 this season. He's going into his 10th season. He's at 5'10", 200. So, like, you wouldn't expect much out of a guy like that. But, I mean, let's go through his last five seasons. Uh, You know, we'll start in 2014, 99 catches for uh, over 1,300 yards, four touchdowns. 90 catches, 813 yards, six touchdowns. 91 catches, 1,007 yards, four touchdowns. 92 catches, 1,003 yards, five touchdowns. And then last year, when he played for two teams, and we're going to talk a lot about that, how that's all split up, 74 catches, 79, five, 795 yards, and four touchdowns. I'm pumped for Golden Tate. I think he's going to be the number, the, the leading receiver on the team. And I, I just really am pumped for him because I think he's going to be really huge for this team. Um, and if we are a team that's in playoff contention, he's going to be a major factor for that. No, yeah, he's going to be a very key factor to the Giants' success if this year. And when you think about it, yes, we lost Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, we know Ben Sennett and how good of a player he is. But when you think about it, the Giants probably got like the next best option to replace him in last year's free agency. Going through the the list, you had Larry Fitzgerald, who's obviously up there in age. Des Bryant, who obviously had his Achilles injury. Uh, Geronimo Allison, there's that guy. Adam Humphreys, who he uh, he's fine, but nothing impressive. So Golden Tate was a very clear pickup for the Giants. He's a good veteran leader. He's a very experienced wide receiver in this game, and Eli and him will probably have very good connection with it. So and and yeah, and he also has the inside intel on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that on top of all those, his accomplishments and how quality receiver he is just makes it even that much more better. That's a good point. I didn't think of that uh, from that point of view. Um, So last year he played seven games with Detroit, was traded at the trade deadline to the Eagles. 
And so you look at his numbers for the season, and you see 74 catches, 795 yards. That's obviously down from his career averages. Um, and you're like, okay, this guy's washed up. He's old. He's done. But I went and split the split it up. So the, let's just go one by one. Detroit and the seven games of Detroit, his target rate was 27, percent which is up there with the top guys in the league. With Philly, it was only 15 percent. His catch per target rate with Detroit was 67, with Philly at 68. So both pretty good. You'd like to see that number at 70 percent, but that's essentially the same. And then in seven games with Detroit. He had 44 catches for 517 yards and three touchdowns. With Philly in eight games, he only had 30 catches for 278 yards and one touchdown. So his game averages with Detroit was 6.3 catches per game and 74 yards per game compared to Philly, where it was 3.8 catches per game and 35 yards per game. So basically, I my conclusion is that he didn't fit in right away with a team with that changed quarterbacks twice while he was there. Uh, and we, especially when you're in the slot, there's so much like you have to know and be on the same page with your quarterback. And it just never really worked out great. And I don't want to expect it to happen that well uh, midway through the season. So like he had he was on pace for a really good year. He was on pace for 101 catches, uh, uh, 1,182 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, now, obviously, that, you know, it's not a guarantee that it projects 100 percent equally, but nonetheless, he was having a really good year for Detroit, went to Philly, and then had not – I don't want to say issues, but he wasn't going to put forward the same production that he was with a team that he had spent the last couple of years for in all of training camp. No, yeah, and also we have to look at the Philadelphia Eagles team. He had to compete for targets against Zach Ertz, who was Carson Wentz's favorite target, and all Sean Jeffrey. So it's just Wentz felt comfortable with all Sean and Ertz at that point. And he just really couldn't get on the same page with Golden Tate. Obviously, he had that big touchdown in that wild card game against the Bears, but they just never really connected like the Eagles probably would have liked to. And if they connected, Golden Tate would most likely still be on the Eagles. But the Eagles saw it didn't work. It was like basically, it was a win win for the Eagles. If they got a quality wide receiver to bring a playoffs, it could have helped them. Luckily, it didn't for our sake. And now we got Golden Tate on the team. So, yeah, obviously, when you get traded to a team midway through the year, especially as a wide receiver, you, you be- learn your whole offseason on a new playbook because they had a new head. I believe their offensive coordinator was the same, but you still studied your playbook. Then in the middle of the season, you got to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles playbook. You got to learn all their hot routes, all that jazz and all that. So it was, it was going to be a struggle no, no matter what for Golden Tate. And now in an offseason full of preparation for J- uh Pat Shermer is the offense. It's going to benefit him. It's going to benefit us. So there's very the ceiling for Golden Tate is very high with the Giants. Yeah, and so he wasn't brought in to replace Odell because he plays the slot, and Odell was majority on the outside, and Shepard is essentially the replacement for Odell. But he was kind of brought in to replace Odell's production. And then, so I just wanted to compare. The first seven games of the season, which that was Golden Tate's games in Detroit. He had the 44 catches, 517 yards, and three touchdowns. And Odell's first seven games of the season, he had 53 catches, 649 yards, and two touchdowns. Odell only adds 19 more yards per game in those seven games. Now, obviously, Odell is a, is a much better player, but nonetheless, it's not as huge a gap as you would think. I mean, it's, it's literally 19 yards per game. And, like, you can't say, oh, well, Detroit's offense – uh, was well, you know, was better. Matthew Stafford was better because Detroit was averaging less 
uh, points less points per game than the Giants, and their points per game would drop from like 21 in those first seven games. I think it was down to like 16 or 17. I I I, I looked this stuff up way back. I forgot to to look it up again. But like Detroit's offense dropped off significantly without Golden Tate, whereas the Giants without Odell. Actually, I don't even want to go into that because they weren't a better offense. They did have some better games. Um, but, yeah. So, basically, yeah, basically, like, it's it's a 19-yard difference in those seven games. I know that's a small sampling size and can be kind of cherry-pickish. But, nonetheless, it's 19 yards per game in those seven. And this stat, honestly, it, it's kind of not the same. If Odell if Odell played all, all uh, 16 games last year, it would have been different. But last season, according to Pro Football Focus, no receiver – forced more missed tackles after the catch last season than Golden Tate. He had 23, Odell had 20. Obviously, as I said, if Odell played a whole season, it could have been tied, if not better, even more. And then Golden Tate last year finished 10th in the league with yards after catch. So yeah, for being 31, I'm not sure how old he'll be, if he'll turn 32 mid- during the season, but no matter He's, what. He turns 31, like, now. He turns, all right, so no matter what, he will... For being 31, he still has all the potential in this league to be a starting wide receiver. It's just something I found interesting, a quote he had back when he was in Philadelphia. He said, quote, I want to get back to going deep into the playoffs and winning Super Bowls. Detroit, I had a bunch of really great starts, but no playoff wins. I know what talent I have, and I know what I bring to the table. But end of the day, it's about winning playoff and getting to the Super Bowls, and that's what I want to do. And then basically, so that he said, like, being your nine, that's really what I want right now. So he could have went to, I'm not sure, obviously, the other contracts he's offered, but he could have went to a, easily a contender, but he chose the Giants. Now, obviously, the, the fanfare of being a kid and loving the Giants was there, but the Giants aren't a team right now that many people are saying can even make it to the playoffs, let alone get to the Super Bowl. So him signing with the Giants, maybe he sees something that other people don't. Maybe he sees the Giants could be a playoff contender and even be a Super Bowl contender. So that that I just find interesting because, as I said, he could have went to many other places, a contender, but he chose the Giants, who aren't even the favorites to win the division. The, obviously, Redskins are probably aren't, are not the favorite to win, but the Giants are even in the conversation to win. Yeah, and he's just a guy, like you said, he, he fits in everywhere he goes. He's a hard worker. He's going to do everything he can to maximize his production. And he's just, he's just a beast in the slot. And I really think Eli Manning, um, you know, we don't know how many games Eli is going to start this year, but Eli Manning, I really see Golden Tate being his number one target. I really do. I think he's going to have the most production out of all anybody in the receiving core, including Ingram. Um, and his contract, you mentioned his, you know, him signing. It's a two-year deal. After two year, after the two years, we can cut him with almost nothing lost. Um, so, you know, when people said, oh, four-year contract to a guy who's 30 years old, well, it's, it's really a two-year contract. So, you know, we have two years of him, and then if he's still really productive, we could hold on to him. But – like he's not he's not gonna like burden us long term money wise. No, yeah, he, his contract is very friendly to the Giants. Is not they can easily get out of it, and I believe in like what twenty twenty one twenty twenty whenever it is twenty twenty two. He the Giants it's a friendly contract for us. If it doesn't work out, yeah, it's gonna hurt for this year next year. But once we get opt out of it, it's going to be fine. And Golden Tate can also teach someone like Darius Slayton, a rookie, some good tips. And the Giants are still fine at wide receiver. Hopefully, Corey Coleman can develop into being a quality wide receiver for the Giants. John Shepard's with us for the next five years because his contract officially doesn't kick until next year since he's still on his rookie deal this year. So it's a very win-win situation for the Giants right now. 
Yeah, it, it's we have a lot of guys. We're going to spread the seed around a whole lot. There's there's not going to be one guy where he's just the go-to guy. But I do think Golden Tate will be the guy that they look forward to. They look towards the most, and you know, pressure situations, a third and six or whatever it is. Um, anything else on Tate before we move on to Julian Love? No, that is all I got on Golden Tate. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll player profile preview, Julian Love. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, these player profile previews are brought to you by our presenting company, media company, John Boy Media. Check our website out, johnboymedia.com. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have the number one Yankees podcast in the world. It hit number two in all of sports. It was part of my take, Talking Yanks. And then our Talking Baseball, where the same guys, John Boy and Jake, do a baseball podcast. That hit number four. So check all that stuff out. We have a Knicks podcast. We have a history podcast. All kinds of stuff. So make sure you check it out. It's all at johnboymedia.com. Or you follow it on Twitter, Instagram, at johnboymedia. And then now, the next player. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, let's move on to Julian Louvre. We're actually recording this a second time because we did this, like, I don't know, two weeks ago. And we didn't talk about him playing safety at all. But let's just jump right into it. Let's talk. Let's profile him. And then I want to talk more about his projections and more so than who he is right now. Julian Love. Five foot 11, 195 pounds, picked with the sixth pick of the fourth round. He ran a 4.54.40, 36-inch and a half vertical jump, a 6.72.3 cone drill, which is really good. Danny, this is somebody that we actually talked about uh, a decent amount pre-draft. I thought he was going to go second round uh, or third round at latest. And it was really a surprise to see him there in the fourth round. No, it was definitely a surprise to see Julian Love just sitting there. And the Giants, they, they took a gamble because they, they just sat there They because they didn't have a third-round pick. So they're basically just saying, hopefully he will be there at in the fourth round. And luckily for us, he did. Teams passed up on him. And that seems like a mistake because, as we're going to talk about later, this guy's a very – he's a multidimensional player. He can play safety he wants to and he can play corner i said this to you i was like debut julian love as a safety but with cornerback abilities so if something goes wrong in season they can throw him at corner because he's not going to be playing much safety right now with antoine buffet there so really the possibilities right now are endless for julian love and that's why i'm excited to see how he's used in preseason because i believe he'll be used as a as a free safety because they're not buffet is not going to play as much but he's also going to play some corners just to get him used to both positions because he's going to be playing both at during his career yeah definitely and i, I want to talk about his you know his college career a little bit before we move on to like his his position um and like you <clears throat> like you said you know we had the one third round pick which is ocean Zimenez, and then you know when that when day three rolled around you kind of forgot like oh my gosh julian love is still on the board um and I, I thought the Giants would get multiple DBs. I actually picked them to get three. Now, I didn't necessarily expect that, but they did when they, they took Ballantyne. But who he is as a player, he has great technique. I mean, he's, he, is, he is a technical genius. Um, now, he doesn't have burner speed with that 4-5-4-40. But if he's playing in the nickel, you don't, he doesn't need to be you know, running step for step with guys or if he's playing a safety um, he can have, he has the ability to get boxed out at times. 
Um, so, like, that's an issue, but that's something he can get better at with, you know, because of his technique. Um, and he wasn't thrown out a whole lot. Uh, let's go, let me run through his stats real quick. Uh, in his junior season, or 2017, he had three interceptions, 20 pass deflections, um, and 68 tackles. In his last season, he had one interception, 16 pass deflections, and 63 tackles. 36 pass deflections over two seasons. I mean, those numbers are just unreal. You don't see that. He was top three um, in the Jim Thorpe Award, which DeAndre Baker, our, our other corner that we drafted, won. Um, so, like, he's a gamer. And, you know, we're going to talk about – I guess we can jump right into it now. Where do we see him playing, nickel or safety? Now, they're trying him in, out of both, and that's why we're re-recording this is because in – OT, you know, they tried him out of safety in rookie camp, but in OTAs, he didn't really play uh, safety at all. But now he's in camp. He's getting, you know, second-team safety reps. Um, he's running individual drills with the safeties. And it looks like that will be his way to the, onto the field uh, at least this season because it seems like Grant Haley has almost kind of locked down that job if they're not even, you know, giving him and Julian Love that head-to-head. -head. Maybe that all changes in the next couple of weeks. But right now it looks like his way on the field is going to be through the safety position. Yeah, because that, that's a positional battle that we were hyping up a good amount through the offseason, what's going to happen at nickel corner, because as much as I'm a fan of Grant Haley, I was fully expecting Joy Love to make a run for that position, but as you said, they're like, maybe they first they wanted to see if he could play nickel corner, but then maybe they're like, we still got something to Grant Haley, so they said, alright, let's try him out free safety, and so far I haven't heard, not they're not the worst fans of it, so it's just, yeah, he was a very much a force at Notre Dame in that uh, cornerback position, but as you said, the only way he's going to make it onto the, well, he'll get playing time, but the only way he'll do it is probably at free safety or an injury to Grant Haley, but he has a great teacher in Antoine Buffet to help him learn that position, so right now, this is the time to get him into the free safety position with such a great veteran in Antoine Buffet. Yeah, it's Here's my philosophy on it, and, I, and I've gotten some pushback from it, so I'm, I'm completely fine with being wrong on this. But I think as a, as a guy who's a rookie and a guy who can play right away, I think he's somebody <clears throat> that should pick, they should pick him a position and play him. Now, they might be, you know, first two weeks of camps, they're trying things out, and they will do that. But I love the philosophy, if he's going to be a corner, play him at corner, and if he's going to be a safety, play him at safety, just because this James Betcher scheme – um, is had there's so many different parts to it um, but at the same time for him to get on the field without an injury this year at safety he's going to be playing in some cornerback nickelback roles that's what we see in the money back money backer role we're probably you know when they run that money backer thing where you know it's, it's essentially just a three safety set peppers and bethea will be the guys that are more so at the line where love can play a, a free range or you know come down and cover a tight end in the nickel so he will be like even at safety he will have cornerback roles. So I'm not totally against it, but I think at least by the second preseason game we should have a, a pretty good idea where Julian Love uh, will fit onto this team. No, yeah, you're right because obviously the third preseason game is when that's like the real game situation. That's when the starters play most of not most of the game up until like the halftime part. But through one, two, and four. If he, it's gonna be interesting how the Giants use him, because as you said, he's a rookie. You don't want to throw too much at him and have him get lost as a rookie. So they're they're gonna play it smart with him. But that, that's what I love about Julian Love. He is such 
uh, he's just that guy that can play so many different positions, and that's the guy you want on your team. He, if you want him to play nickel corner, he can play nickel corner. If you want him to play free safety, just teach him some things that he can play free safety. But as you said, Jay Spectre schemes it's a confusing one, so you want him to settle down at one position just so he's not lost throughout all of training camp and maybe through the season when he's just like, what am I supposed to be doing? What are some routes I need? So this is when you need to figure out where you want him to play and teach him that position well, just so when you put him out there, he knows exactly what he's doing and dominates the game. Yeah, exactly. And he's a guy who can end up playing outside corner eventually. I know the, the straight line speed isn't there, but he's a guy who's capable of that. So it's going to just be really interesting to see where he plays. And I think, you know, we talked about Grant Haley having a role in this. They also drafted Corey Ballantyne, who we didn't know much about. In fact, I was calling for him to play safety early just because I didn't I didn't know if there was going to be a spot for him. So Corey Ballantyne has, you know, been impressing at least so far at camp to where, you know what? They they feel comfortable with Ballantyne. They want to get him a roster spot, and that also could play into Julian Love playing safety. And the fact that our our depth of safety is pretty bad. I, I know a lot of people like Mike Thomas, but I just I don't see him as a good safety. I you know he's a great on special teams. He's a leader in the clubhouse, but I don't see him playing being like a, a if he's playing. I don't like that. And Antonio Hamilton, where it's like you know he knows he's not really that guy, and he's kind of been buried in the depth chart throughout camp anyway. So. There's, I think there's more factors going into him playing safety than the fact that he can play safety, if, if that makes any sense. No, I would, like you, I would advocate for Corey Ballantyne to potentially be our free safety in the future. But as you said, uh, so far, I mean, he's had a decent camp. He picked off because we're filming this. I'm not. When does this go live again, Bobby? Because I don't. Want to I, say, I'm like, actually going to put it out tomorrow. So this is like. Sorry, so you're listening this is tomorrow. Close. This is yeah. <laughs> Well, they're listening right, so to it act- today, but it's yeah, tomorrow but- for us. It's it's a it's a yeah, you- it's a hard concept to grasp, to be honest. <laughs> but you'll understand because he's the <laughs> first guy to pick up Daniel Jones all of camp. So one, give Corey Ballantyne to start a job. But in all seriousness, no, Corey Ballantyne has not been awful, from what I've heard, for a guy that went through so much this off season. To, to come out and not have a bad camp is quite impressive. Everyone's rooting for Corey Ballantyne to one make this roster and two add like everyone hoping to make an impact. But his presence is definitely factor into what they want to do with Julian Love because if Julian Love doesn't work out, work out at free safety, I mean they'll move him back behind Grant Haley in the nickel and try Corey Ballantyne there. There's many options here for what they could do at free safety, but Julian Love for like the future use not right now because we have Antoine but future. Julian Love is the best option we have right now that we know of. Yeah, and it, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how they use him in those first couple of preseason games. But anyways, that is a show, a player profile and projection. I hope you guys are enjoying these. The numbers have been great. Uh, our regular episodes have broken records the last three episodes, so that's awesome. I have to sing a song. So just good stuff all around. We appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate us, would love for you to just go leave, leave us a little five-star rating, throw in a little review. It would be real nice. We appreciate you guys. And until tomorrow, let's go Big Blue.
podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.